so good. So good to praise, so good to cry out to God, to just let everything go. And I just encourage you every week, when you come into the house of God, come expectant. Come expectant that you are going to have an encounter with him, that he is going to speak to you. Because if you come expectant, then you will hear. If you come with no faith, then you will not hear. But you come believing in expectation, then he will speak to you. He will speak to you. So such a good day to celebrate our mothers this morning. And you know, for each person here, there may be something, it may be a sad day for some people who have lost mums or all sorts of things going on. But I just pray that the Holy Spirit will comfort you, that he will be with you, that you are not alone. You are not alone. He is with you. So we've been talking about set apart. And I want to emphasise this morning with everything that I have that as mothers you are set apart for that role. No other person can replace you. No other person can do what you can't do. Can I just have a couple more lights, guys, in the auditorium? Thank you. Helps if I can see your faces. That's good. No one else can do. You know, this world right now wants to tell you that there are no mothers, there are no fathers, it's just a biological parent. They're wrong. Yes, it is biology, absolutely. But being a mother is a spiritual mandate upon your life. It is a spiritual connection with your child, not just biology. It is a call that God has put on you. It is a call that he's put on your life to raise up the next generation, to know him, to serve him, to make a difference in this world. You have an important role that no one else can do. I cannot emphasise that enough. And it pains me that we are in the most underparented generation in history. Because why? Because parents want to be their children's friends. Your children have friends. They will only have one mother. They need someone to guide them. They need someone to show them the way, to correct them when they need correction and discipline. They need truth in their lives. They need grace in their lives. They need love. But they need all those things. They don't need another friend. And that's why I really want to speak on this scripture this morning, which we've spoken about a lot, but we just need to speak about it more. And that's in Proverbs 22.5. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. He will not depart from it. Training. 
What does it mean to train? What does the Bible say? Well, what does actually the dictionary say about training? To develop or to form the habits, thoughts and behaviour of a child by discipline and instruction. Discipline and instruction. You're developing, you're training your child is not a once-off thing. It is a long-term responsibility. Your child being trained, you know, training can be exhausting, right? It can be, tra- it can be exhausting telling your child to pick up after themselves or you, for the hundredth time you're telling them to say thank you. But you know what? After a while, it becomes habit. Training makes habits. Bad training, bad habits. Good training, good habits. Right. What, what do the football teams do before they go and play football? They have to train. They have to train to know how to do the right things. And a trainer gets alongside of them and they encourage them, yes, but sometimes they have to push them. Sometimes they have to push them beyond what they think that they can do. So they need to encourage that, and it's repetition and it's over and it's over and it's over and that's why we as mothers sometimes get exhausted, don't we? Because we think, when will this sink in? When will this child learn to pick up after themselves? But it's worth it. Your role is worth it. When you see your kids grow up, I've got three, three girls in their 20s now, so I'm past that toddler stage and, and that, you know. So I can see the results now. And I always say to mums, you put in the hard work now while they're young and you reap the rewards. Don't put in the hard work now. What, what, what happens? You reap what you sow in their lives. So bratty kids become bratty adults, right? Kids are not born good. They're not born bad. So you didn't get a better child than me or vice versa. Every child has the same opportunity to grow if you put the right things into them. But you've got to put the right things into them. It's like teaching them to to eat the right foods. It'd be so much easier, wouldn't it, to put some ice cream on their plate or some lollies and, you know, eating dinner time would be so much easier. I mean, we had, we had a, a child, we had to sit there and for hours and wait for them to finish their food. We had to be um, persistent in saying, no, you're not having anything else until you eat that. You know, yes, there were compromises and and things like that, but now they have a healthy lifestyle because we decided that it was worth the fight. Because, why? Because I wanted to make my life difficult, because I wanted to make my child's life difficult? No, because I wanted a healthy life for her. I wanted her to know what it was to put good things into her body. So what we do matters, how we train our children, our children matter. It doesn't happen by chance or by miracle. It happens because we make a decision that we're going to put effort 
into our children. And the thing is, if we don't, the world quite happily will. The world will quite happily train your child the way they want them to go. And you can see that quite obviously now, can't you? Because the world is teaching your children all sorts of things, messing with their head about all sorts of things, about evolution, about male and female, about all sorts of things, messing with their head. Because they're quite happy to teach them. So we need to take responsibility that it is our role. It is our role to train our children, not the school, not even the church, although the church is a part of that. But it is our responsibility to train our children. That is our spiritual mandate from God. And we need to take that very seriously. But children need consistency, dedication, patience, love and wisdom. I know the first time that I held my children as a baby and I was overwhelmed with love but also overwhelmed with a sense of responsibility like how the heck am I going to do this? I don't know what I'm doing. Still don't. <laughs> Got some idea but... But that is where knowing Jesus knowing the Bible, reading his word, talking to people around me. I talked to people that went before me that whose kids I actually liked. Don't talk to people's kids you don't like <laughs> about how to do it. You know, not, not a good idea. I asked for advice. I read books. You know, do yourself a favour and ask for help from those around you. Ask for wisdom. Wisdom is found in, in, in the journey with other people. Try not to make the mistakes, you know, that they made or vice versa. You mean, you'll make your own mistakes. But at least you can learn from other people. At least you can learn from them. I learned from so many other women in my life that just encouraged me and helped me and made me realise that there was no perfect mum and there was no perfect child and sometimes it was going to be messy, but that was okay. We'd come out the other side of that. What kind of person do you want your child to be? Do you want to, them to grow up responsible? You know, sometimes we need to let go and let them wear the consequences of their decisions and stop trying to pick up after them because they will have consequences in life and no one's going to rescue them from it. There are times that we do, absolutely, but there are other times that we say, you know what, that was a consequence of you not doing your homework, that's why you failed that test. And we're not going to march up to the teacher and demand the teacher changes their grade, are we? Are we? <laughs> and we're not going to say, oh, no, that wasn't my child's fault all the time, are we? You know, because my child's perfect and it's everyone else's fault, you know. The reality is that all of our children 
will fail in life because we fail in life and that's a good thing. We just need to help them get back up again and encourage them to keep going, build resilience inside of them. This is why your role is so important, mothers. And I am so, it gets me so frustrated that mothers in our society are not undervalued. You know, a lot of mothers would hesitate to say that they're a full-time mum, like they have to say they have a career or something like that. All well and good if you've got a career, nothing against that. But being a mum is a career. It's a full-time career because you are raising up the next generation. You are raising up the next generation of leaders, of leaders that can change this world. You've got to see it like that. Your children could have the ability to change this world depending on what you put into them. Train your children in the ways of God, what is right and what is wrong. So that when they go to school, and it's getting worse, so whoever's got young kids here right now, you've really got, got to get God's principles into your children before they head into school. Because a lot of teachers now are going to teach them all sorts of stuff that is wrong. So they need to know before they enter that door that they are a child of God. They need to know who they are. They need to know who Jesus is. They need to know that they have a purpose in him. Train them in God's word. 2 Timothy 3.14. Now, Timothy, the reason that Timothy was a strong man of God was because his mother and also his grandmother, put the word of God and trained him in the ways of God. And that's why he became who he was. So it says here, but continue in the things that you have learned and have been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that from a babe, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Timothy knew the word as a young child because his parents taught him. So then he became wise. He became wise. Now, when I'm talking about teaching your children the scripture, don't just stand there and quote scripture over them, you know, and expect them to think that that's think that that's fun. There's so many creative ways that you can teach your kids the Word of God. You know, you can, obviously when they're young, you can read them Bible stories. You can pray, we pray with our kids every night. Like we, we could not say goodnight to them without them wanting prayers because that became a habit in their life. We played veggie tales and all those funny, you know, stories that they got the Word of God into them. They had songs that they played that got scripture into them. They didn't even realise that they had got that into them just by singing songs. Obviously, you bring your, your child to church so that those kids workers that relate to your kids put scripture into them so they're being surrounded by good things. 
and scripture makes them wise. So that means that when they walk into school or, or kindy or wherever they go, they already know to a degree what is right and what is wrong because it's in them. They carry it in them as their strength. We need to be an example and show them how to navigate the storms of life so that our children see that when we're going through a hard time, they see us running to God. They don't see us running away. They see us running to God. We can give our children confidence when we live out our faith in our own lives. What do we do when we're going through a crisis? How do we respond? How do we react? How do we live our life? Are we generous people? Are we generous with others? What are our attitudes? What do we talk about at home? What do we watch? All those things matter to your children. They're taking them in like a sponge and they will do as you do. So we need to live out the word of God in our lives, being an example, teaching them who they are in Christ, that he has a purpose and a plan for them. Keep speaking over them. Keep prophesying over them. Help them to know how to discern good from evil. Protect them from the wrong influences. You know, from an early age, some of our younger, I think probably the youngest was about three, might have even been earlier than that, would have terrible, terrible nightmares and different spiritual uh, confrontations they'd have in their bedrooms and they'd run into us and tell us about it. And we knew that this was the moment of training because we can't be with our child 24-7. So we have to train our child, how do you deal with this? What do you do when you get confronted by an evil spirit. And so we taught our kids, okay, this is what you do. You say, in the name of Jesus, be gone. Get away from me. And we trained them in this. And so the next time it happened, they knew exactly what to do. So they were equipped and empowered to deal with it. And they could discern good from evil. Don't discount when your kids tell you stuff They're quite aware of what's going on in the spiritual realm, sometimes more than what we are, because they, it says to come to Jesus like a child. So we need to empower our children to know right from wrong. What are they watching? You know, I I, I pity you parents now because you honestly, you've got a hard job because you've got iPhones, you've got computers, you've got all this sort of stuff. We didn't let our kids have a mobile phone until they were 16. They nagged and nagged and nagged, they didn't get one. 16, that was it, they didn't get it until then. Because we just didn't want them being, having access to things that we didn't want them having access to. And we knew where they were most of the time anyway, so it was, it was fine. So we need to protect our children. We need to have wisdom in that. 
We need to have wisdom of who the right people are for them to hang out with. We need to protect them from all of those things because that's our job. We are the protector. Sometimes we discern things that they won't discern. So we need to say, no, you're not going to that party. It doesn't matter how much they kick up about it. You know, we just need to, to do the right thing for them. So who are they hanging out with? What are they learning at school? Ask your kids, what are you, what are you learning at school? Have open conversations. Oh, we had some interesting moments because it don't, and don't think it just because you, you send your kids to a Christian school that there's not going to be some interesting moments. Um, we had one of our children correct the teacher in regards to evolution. So that was one. Um, what else did we have? What, yeah, that's right. They pointed out where the dinosaurs were in the Bible and the teacher had no idea. So that was an education for the whole class. Um, we had a book that we had to go see the, the teacher about because it was a very inappropriate, quite scary graphic book that, that caused one of our children to have nightmares. So we had to go and speak to them about that. We had to pull, pull uh, I think a couple of times, our girls out of classes because of the movies that they were watching. So don't just presume... Don't presume that because you send them to a Christian school that everything's just going to be fine because people have different standards. So if you teach your child what is right or, and what is wrong, they can discern. They can discern when, when it is appropriate that they leave the class or perhaps that they need to tell you about it. So in Psalm 119.97, this is David. He says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Through your commandments, you make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, <laughs> for your testimonies are my prayer. I understand more than the old men because I keep your commandments. I think that's quite funny. David's got a bit of a sense of humour there. Um, but the thing is, it doesn't matter how old you are, or how smart you think you are. If you don't know the word of God, then you're actually not. Because wisdom is found in his word. We need to be vigilant. The thing is, right now, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but the secular world is coming after your children. They're coming after your children. So you need to wake up. And you need to be on guard because they're being taught very ungodly principles that are not going to be good for your children. And it's not going to be good long term for our society because we're living in the most biblically illiterate generation in history. People don't know Jesus. They don't know his word. They don't even understand that Western civilization was built on the principles of God didn't just come out of nowhere. Our law is founded on the principles of God and the Ten Commandments. 
So without that, that is our foundation for our very society. That is why it's so important that the next generation carries the word of God in their heart. Otherwise, they do not know what is right and what is wrong. It says in 1 Peter 5, 8, be sensible and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking someone he may devour. So pray for your children every day, every day. Don't give up on them. Wherever they are right now, I really feel this on my heart, wherever your children are right now, keep praying for them. Do not give up. Your prayers are powerful. The prayers of a mum or a grandmother are so, so powerful. Never give up on your children. You'll see a breakthrough. Keep praying. Keep believing. We need to show our children how we live and what matters to us the most, where we spend our time, how much we prioritise being in the house of God. They will do the same. Be a Christ-like example. It says in James 1.5, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and with no reproach, and it shall be given to him. There has been many moments in my own life that I have lacked wisdom many, many times. But God's promise is this, that if you ask, he will give it to you. He will give it to you liberally. So when we're raising our children, we need wisdom. We need to ask for lots of wisdom. I know he's given me answers to many problems when I haven't known what to do. And in my own strength, it was all too hard. But God knew and he had the answer. Teach your children that it's not all about them. The world doesn't revolve around them. We come into this world naturally selfish. And yes, a baby, it's all about them. The whole house is tipped upside down. You know, we're there at their every cry. But as they grow, they're not babies anymore. The whole world does not revolve around them. We need to teach them that. The world doesn't owe them and it doesn't revolve around them. You know, I was, so, I was just so blown away thinking about, you know, some of the things that's been happening in our world this year and even some of the rioting and that that was going on in America and all the destruction and the pulling down of statues, our history, everything that, you know, America was founded on was being torn down, right? Because without your history, you don't know who you are. You tear down history, you don't know who you are. It's like the Bible is our history, is, is our history, where we've come from. But we had parents side by side with their children destroying property. You're teaching them. 
in everything you do, in everything you stand for, that that's okay. The world does not revolve around them. And sometimes stuff happens. And sometimes life doesn't work out. And life is full of ups and downs. And we need to help them navigate that. In Matthew 7, 12, it says, Therefore all things, whatever you desire that men should do to you, do even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Teach your child that if you want someone to treat you well, how about you treat them well? What you do to someone else, then expect them to do that back to you. But even if they don't, you do the right thing. You do the right thing. When you've done everything you can do, pray and trust God for their life. You know, the hardest thing you have to do, I think, is letting go of your children and trusting that you've done, trusting them to God and trusting that you've done your job. Trusting them to God. Remembering that God is with you. You are not perfect and either is your child. But God will give you everything you need. This morning, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, God will give you everything you need and more in him. His promise in Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. He will do exceedingly abundantly above everything that we could ever hope for or ever dream for if we just trust in him. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. In his presence, we will find the strength that we need. I just want to encourage every mum, every, every grandmother, and even if you're not, you can be a spiritual mum. You can do this. I want to encourage you this morning. You can do this. God has called you. God has called you. No one else is going to do what you can do. He will do an amazing work in your life and in your children's life if you just trust him and believe that God has given you a mandate to raise up the next generation. You know, I was thinking this year, like a lot of you here would have come to the pro-life rally that we had in the city. And it was one of my greatest moments to see my children leading, leading the march. And I thought, you know what? That gives me hope for the next generation. You've got to put in your beliefs. You've, we've got to know that this next generation is the one that's going to have to stand. They're going to have to have courage. And it's us that's got to put it into them. We have a job to do. We have a big job to do. But I'm encouraged with this scripture 
Philippians 1, 6 says, being persuaded of this very thing, that the one having begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. We are not finished yet. Jesus is not finished with us yet and he will complete a good work in us. So we don't need to worry. He's still working on us. We are a work in progress and he will do what he needs to do. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for every mother here. God, I pray this morning in this atmosphere, you will strengthen them once again in who you have called them to be, in the role that they have. God, I pray that you encourage them, strengthen them, give them wisdom and discernment. Lord, lift them up when they feel down. Let them know that you are with them. Right now, I just want to give this opportunity for anyone that does not know Jesus this morning, for anyone that just wants to ask him into their heart, wants to know who this Jesus is and the purpose that he has for your life. Now's the opportunity. So right now, just with every eye closed in this atmosphere, just lift up your hand quickly and I'll just pray for you. That's you this morning. Don't go without asking him into your heart. It's the best thing that you'll ever do in life. Thank you, Jesus. Mighty God. Thank you, Lord, that you're moving in this place. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to give an opportunity this morning for any mother this morning that is feeling a bit overwhelmed, feeling a bit down, exhausted, whatever it is. If you need encouragement this morning, if you need prayer, I want to encourage you. As we sing this song, come out and we're going to pray with you. That God will be with you. He will guide you. Amen.